Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update. Lee Humphreys is here to give us his take on the world's financial situation and how that's reflected in the stock markets, both home and abroad. We talked a little bit last week, didn't we, Ian, about the economic pendulum, I think I called it, moving at a faster pace uh, in an easterly direction. Well, at the beginning uh, of the week, we had more evidence of this motion um, when we saw the release of third quarter GDP numbers from China, which showed that it's remarkably gained all the growth it lost in the first half of the year as a result of the pandemic. The published figures showed that between January and September, the economy actually grew. Yes, that's right. It grew 0.7%. The third quarter itself saw a rise in GDP of 4.9% on the year. Compare that with estimates right now that UK GDP, gross domestic product, of course, in the third quarter will be seen to fall 20% when the number is released on the 12th of November. So presumably this is um, reflected in our FTSE 100 and the Chinese indexes, I guess? Uh, yeah, they, they certainly do. Uh, hence the Ch- Chinese equities in the form of the Shenzhen index, one of the bigger indexes in China, is up 32% so far this year. In pound terms, it's actually up over 40% due to the relative weakness in sterling against the Chinese currency. Now, contrast that with the FTSE 100's performance so far in 2020 of a negative 23%. Uh, those of our listeners, in uh, who are of the persuasion, let's say, that the supposed remedy to the COVID crisis um, has been misdirected and way too strong can take some solace, I think, in the fact that Sweden's OMX 30 index, which is the equivalent of, of our uh, FTSE, is up 4% so far this year and translated uh, back again into sterling terms is actually up 14% due to the relative strength of the Swedish krona. And presumably those that don't take solace in those figures can see that um, Sweden's neighbours, Norway and Finland, have 10 times less per head of population deaths and uh, I think Denmark has five times less. So it's a balance, isn't it? OK, I see that... Um, Moody's, the uh, credit uh, agency that you know works out the credit worthiness of yeah. everything, including companies, uh, has downgraded us. We're still apparently um, high quality, low risk, but not as low risk as we used to be. Well, essentially, um, yeah, that's right. Essentially, uh, Moody's is saying that um, the nation's finances are in a parlous state. Um, Wednesday showed us exactly how parlous uh, when uh, the government's borrowing figures for September were shown to be over 36 billion pounds, leaving the total UK debt pile um, uh, by the end of last month to stand at over two trillion pounds. That's equivalent to 103 percent of GDP. Tax receipts, of course, not surprisingly, have collapsed while uh, borrowing requirements have gone through the roof to pay for measures such as the furlough. Uh, And it really does explain why the government appears to be really playing hardball with the likes of Andy Burnham, the mayor of Manchester, of course. Uh, And as a side, I was wondering if Scotland were, in fact, to gain independence. It'd be interesting to see exactly how much of that two trillion pound pile of debt the S&P think they're responsible for. Right. Now, we've asked this question before and 
to be fair, we've never really seen how it's done. It's never really been explained. Have another go at it. Where's all this money coming from to pay for the spending? Yeah, good question. Uh, Well, generally speaking, the Bank of England, uh, who have come to the government's rescue by effectively sort of magicking up uh, the money required in the form of uh, its quantitative easing or QE program. Um, It's a a sort of conjuring trick, really, which no one um, really knows what the long term consequences are. But like sort of all magic tricks, however, the grave concern is that once we all start to see how the sort of sleight of hand used by the Bank of England uh, to bring about all this extra cash in order to come up, uh, in order to sort of come to the government's rescue is executed, it's very unlikely they'll be able to do the trick again. Confidence in that magician in the form of the Bank of England, um, who have now found access to these newly discovered magic money trees, will then dissipate, I think. The uh, the British public will probably start to realise, if they haven't already, that they're left holding a currency that has little real worth, given that it's no longer backed by any gold reserves after Gordon Brown actually sold them uh, back at the turn of the century. And this is why gold in is actually the second best performing asset class this year, just behind uh, the Chinese equities that we mentioned at the top of the show. Um, it, uh, gold is up 27% right now, year to date. Um, incidentally, it's trading around $2,000 an ounce, uh, uh, at this moment in time, um, up significantly from the $275 an ounce that our wise ex-Chancellor decided to flog it at uh, all those years ago. So uh, what you've said about um, the central banks and the, the effective printing of cash, does that explain go anywhere to explain the rise in these cryptocurrencies, the Bitcoin things we've seen recently? Yeah, without doubt, they are also beneficiaries of what we've just talked about. In um, a Bitcoin, I noticed actually rose 19% on Thursday alone to go back through uh, the 13 thousand dollar level after paypal said uh, that it would allow it and other cryptocurrencies actually um, for shopping on its network lyft the uh, taxi app uh, similar to uber actually uh, said something similar on thursday too about allowing passengers to pay with cryptos for rides in cars um, as i said the trick that the bank of england and others are trying to pull off isn't fooling everyone so uh, we're in the UK. We're in two trillion pounds worth of debt. Um, get us out of this, Lee. What are we going to do? Well, we really just need to grow ourselves uh, economically out of it. But as I said last week, um, while I see signs of it elsewhere in the world, there are f- uh, there are far too few green shoots in the uh, UK. A, a very good um, barometer of growth actually was seen this week from the United States um, when we heard that US daily air passengers hit 1 million for the first time since March. This kind of information is part of the uh, alt data story, Ian, that we talked about a few months ago uh, as a means of uh, assessing uh, economic acti- activity. Um, airlines really are a great beginning to kickstart a flagging economy. Um, you probably saw in the, uh, the, the airports in London and Paris uh, this week have started to offer um, fast coronavirus testing um, with Heathrow charging £80 a, a head for the tests before you fly. Um, the great news is that uh, you can now get the false positive results in as little as 60 minutes. You're not still banging on about this false positive myth, are you? I certainly am. Well, well you should stop, really, because it's been debunked all the time. Well, I'll take your word for that. Now, I can see that um, 
will encourage people to travel a bit more and venture on foreign holidays. But why does that have a beneficial effect elsewhere? Well, it, you know, it really lifts everything in, um, you know, engine makers such as Rolls-Royce, airline caterers such as Compass, hotel chains such as Whitbread, taxi firms and even, you know, the pub operators uh, such as Weatherspoons, whose bars you'll be drinking in before boarding and whose shares have climbed 6%-ish uh, this week, will all feel the warm glow of people travelling again. OK, and uh, the airlines still restructuring, though, aren't they? Huge changes. Yeah, they, they, right, you're right on that. Uh, on the jobs uh, front, in uh, American Airlines announced only a few days ago that they were cutting 19,000 staff. Uh, the company is now 30% smaller in terms of the number of workers than it was seven months ago. Cathay Pacific uh, also is shutting one of its regional airlines, making uh, 5,900 staff. Uh, that is a quarter of its workforce redundant with immediate effect. That's actually just four months after receiving a four billion pound bailout package from Hong Kong's government. But my sense is here in the airlines who, of course, need to adjust uh, their size to meet the new demand levels have also um, huge legacy costs, uh, are using this pandemic as a means to adjust their business model to a lower cost one. Yeah, well, they're not alone in that. Lots of companies are doing that, aren't they? Changing their business model to suit the circumstances. Anyway, other big big news this week is Watley. Well, um, in other, in one of the more sort of surprising headlines uh, this week, in uh, Nokia have been selected by NASA to build a mobile network on the moon. Uh, but more uh, significantly, uh, back on planet Earth, the U.S. government has also filed charges against Google, uh, accusing it of abusing its dominance to preserve a monopoly over internet searches and online advertising. All the uh, phone companies, including uh, Nokia, no doubt, are probably looking nervously down their shoes right now and uh, quietly ordering Google to be ripped out as the default browser within their phones. This actually follows on uh, from similar claims in the EU where it's appealing, it being Google, uh, a 8.2 billion euro uh, fine by the European Commission. US officials describe Google as the gatekeeper to the internet, controlling about 90% of online search market in the United States, denying rival, rivals um, scale to compete effectively. My thoughts on this are that once your company um, name morphs from being a noun into a verb, you're probably right for being broken up. And uh, people are watching less Netflix, is that right? Well, um, 195 million people worldwide still have a Netflix account at the uh, by the end of September in, uh, although uh, about 80% of those uh, uh, number are probably still looking for something worthwhile to watch. But uh, you are right in saying that uh, Netflix did on Tuesday uh, evening miss its estimates for, for subscriber growth, adding only 2.2 million subscribers in the third quarter, and that is compared to over 10 million in the second quarter. Um, the result was that the uh, the stock was uh, punished, uh, falling 7% on Wednesday. Now, I know you're a big fan of Snapchat, Lee. Perhaps people are following you and doing more on that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Snapchat, Ian, and so is everyone else. Um, they, uh, they had their third quarter numbers on Wednesday as well, which saw 11 million uh, daily active users added. Um, by the close of Thursday's trading, the stock had increased by 50% and is now up 140% on the year. Another real success story of the pandemic. Right, now let's finish on a happy note. 
British success story, Lee. Give it to us. Yes, indeed, Ian. We love these, don't we? Um, in an otherwise torrid week for a uh, ravaged FTSE, um, the Royal Mail, no less, has provided a beacon of hope. Um, this might shock a few people in the uh, COVID level two Elmbridge area, Ian, but uh, it now thinks, it being the Royal Mail, uh, that online delivery is here to stay. As such, the Royal Mail will start collecting parcels for delivery from your home for 72 pence a parcel, plus the cost of uh, the postage postage, uh, for those that can't face queuing at the post office. Well, I don't like queuing at the post office, so I reckon that's it for the for the week, isn't it, Lee? That's it, no? It, it certainly is. Cheers, Ian. Take care. Thank you. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.